0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. I can honestly say I'm here in Bondi, where it's absolutely pissing rain. And, uh, well, no complaint from my side, because, uh, well, it's beautiful. But I feel for those who are struggling a little bit with the floods and what have you up here, especially north of Sydney, and I send you all my love up there. Hope everything will turn out eventually exactly how you want it. You know, uh, I blame this rain on uh, the bushfires, because uh, when the bushfires were here, everybody prayed for rain. Well, there it is. To the soul, <laughs> in the universe, time is meaningless. So we have to just be really, really, really mindful when we go, I want to. But it's going to take time. It's going to take time you probably don't have, or don't think you have, or wish you didn't have, or imagine you don't have. But the fact of the matter is, one of the acid tests of real faith and real belief in universal truth is time. The willingness to be patient. The willingness to say, "I know it'll come. I absolutely know it will arrive." Just not a 100% sure I've got my finger on the trigger that tells me when. And so, words like conviction and commitment and persistence and constancy and duration and uh, sustenance and uh, uh, sustainability and all these words are, in a way, in a funny way, meaningless because uh, they're quite often put in the context of very short periods of time when really the context of them is forever. We we often uh, say that we're very spiritual or religious people, but how often, how long have we sat in our practice sustainably, constantly, irrespective of the feedback, irrespective of what's going on. Here we are today, it's pissing rain, I'm down on Bondi Beach doing my morning walk. I've got a raincoat on, but it's not long enough, and so my pants are soaked. And it's easy to just say, I'm going to stay home. And, uh, you know, I just hear great stories about people who have been in these circumstances in the last couple of days brave enough to keep it going, keep their practice alive, keep their keep their approach going. And I think it's this sort of language that we need to embrace a lot more than we do, the constancy, the repetitiveness. Yesterday I talked a little bit about the back and forth process, and uh, I just want to go back to that conversation here on the beach and talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, Uh, If you can hear pitter-patter, I've got a rain hood on, and it's the blistering rain pelting down on my rain hood. So, if it sounds loud to you, imagine what it sounds like in here, in the hood. (laughs) Back on track process is a process that I've created by analysing and understanding what stops people from evolving. What stops people evolving usually triggers a 4x2 across the back of the head or a kick in the ass for a size 15 boot or some um, melodramatic trauma, and what we say really clearly, and you could put this up on your wall, when I resist change, when I don't evolve, I attract calamities, disasters and humbling circumstances. Why? To evolve me. Calamities, disasters and humbling circumstances. Now, One of the things I often say to people is that there's no such thing as an accident. And, you know, that's really cruel to suggest that we are in the causation process of our illnesses, our cancers, our divorces being fired at work. But, you know, I I would rather empower a person by saying you are the cause of something, therefore you can uncause it, than to say you are. victim of something and therefore you can, you can't unvictimize it, you can't change it, you can't, you can't uh, expect it not to appear in the future again, and that's, that's a tough gig to carry that forward. So, that's where it begins, and the back on track process uh, I created by working with thousands of people across the planet, including... Suicidal indigenous kids and uh, CEOs of Fortune 500 and billionaires and sports people and musicians and actors and God knows what and just looking at their lives and saying, why didn't you evolve? Why did you have to wait for a calamity or disaster or a humbling circumstance to bring you into a coaching environment? And the answer is, did we cherry pick? Now, that's pretty rude of me to create One solution for all problems, but at the end of the day, I have to be quite frank with you and say, when I meet people who have created uh, calamities, disasters, and humbling circumstances in their domestic relationship, or in their financial relationship, or in their careers, it's because they evolved one, but not all, of the elements of human development of of a humanity, of a human being. Now, I know there are seven areas of life, we compartmentalize life into the seven areas, but right now I'm not talking about the seven areas of life, right now I'm talking about the seven elements of human change, human development. What, What causes a person to evolve, and there are seven steps to it. Now, it's not ironic that there are seven areas of life and seven steps to evolution, However, I've relabeled the seven steps to evolution to make them a little more, I say, uh, doable, because it's hard to do social or do relationship because they're there and they're happening. Uh, And this is about the process of causing change within any area of life and within all areas of life. So the cause of calamity, disaster, and humbling circumstances is that we don't evolve the cause of us not evolving is that we we simplify and oversimplify and compartmentalise the definition of being a human being. Now that is quite extraordinary when you think about it. It's quite extraordinary when you think about it, that we would oversimplify and compartmentalise the concept of being a human being. And the reason we do that, it's quite understandable, is because we've developed the concept of specialists. Now over-specialization in any field of work leads to extinction. So what we've got is we've now got brain surgeons who operate on tumors inside the brain, but only in a certain part of the brain. So now we've got so many specializations in the world, and understandably so, because these people become masters of their craft. But in doing so, it's very easy for them To isolate the other areas of life and ignore them. So uh, a beautiful, uh, one of my favourite things to watch on television is a show called uh, Brush with Fame or Brush something with An Doh, A-H-N-D-O-H I think, and it's on the ABC, it's free, and one of the people he recently painted and talked to was uh, Dr. Tio. And Dr. Theo is uh, one of the most specialist brain surgeons in the world, and yet when he was being talked about, he was talking about crying and friendships with his clients and patients and uh, his personal engagement with the people that he works with and how he mourns every death that he uh, attempts and how he's against the idea of uh, uh, doctors who are collaborate with each other on the idea of diagnosis rather than contradict each other. It was a very beautiful, rounded uh, uh, presentation of himself, and he is a guy who is, although he's a specialist in his field, the the world's greatest specialist in the field of brain tumour, he's also evolved himself in the other aspects of his life. He is very wealthy, we know that. He's incredibly influential at a social level. He's, uh, he participates in television uh, interviews and what have you to bring attention to his cause. He's got a charity. So it's really worth watching a, a specialist who is not leading towards extinction, unlike, and he complains bitterly about, his colleagues in the brain surgery industry who collaborate with each other, separate a desk between them and their patient, and, uh, will eventually become extinct. And we need to watch that in our lives. So when we compartmentalize our work or compartmentalize ourselves to solve problems, we specialize. We specialize in and say, oh, I'm overweight, therefore I've got to lose weight. But really, do you really think that's the only element that a body that's got too many kilograms on it is dealing with? You have to ask yourself, what mentally is going on for the weight to come on? What environmentally is going on for the weight to come on? And unless we embrace the broader definition of being human, we fall prey to this specialized, commercialized process of weight loss through a diet bag or vomit pills or, uh, you know, uh, puking up or shooting out or whatever we do. And there's the danger of cherry-picking. To me, the back-on-track process is not a process I use when I'm in facing calamity, disaster, and humbling circumstances. It's a process I use daily to prevent it. I make sure I trigger each of the seven steps in the back-on-track process on a daily basis. I called it the power hour, but... Nobody seems to enjoy the commercialised uh, concept of that. So let's just call it back on top daily. <laughs> and I think what's important here to say is just be careful of compartmentalization. Be careful of the concept of specialisation. Specialists, uh, make sure you can use a specialist, but make sure you don't think that that's the whole truth because it's never the truth. Specialization leads to extinction. If you become a specialist in your work and you don't understand the broader parameters of whatever it is you're working in, you are going to become one of the extinct. And that's going to happen in the next two, three years. I guarantee you there's going to be a mass extinction of occupations in the world in the next two or three years. And some people who become leaders and understand the full concept of total human awareness will come out the other end of that, controlling resources, and those that don't will end up in the masses, and that's going to be an unattractive place, calamities, disasters, and humbling circumstances. So, uh, with that dire warning, and uh, with trying to incentivize you to consider the free, no-cost connection you have to the back-on-track process, and to engage in it on a daily basis, And not think about it as a five-minute thing that you do when every time you get a bit of a problem, you go back to and go, oh, yeah, they're bloody back on track with Chris. The thing you do on a daily basis to keep yourself from calamities, disasters, and humbling circumstances, to prevent cherry-picking, go back to the back on track, listen to it on YouTube, listen to it on the podcast. The last one uh, describes it in terms of having a solution for depression. Um, And just see if you can uh, more and more evolve by embracing the the holistic nature of total human awareness. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.